Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another episode of the Neil World Order Podcast. Ooh, coming to you a little late tonight. Uh, I got down here early, but was messing around with computers and technology, and while well, that never works out well, I got on the old TikTok, and uh, I jumped on one of these uh, live debate things, and I think I literally just spent the last hour in there talking with people. It was actually really cool. I actually enjoyed it. I've done it a couple times. Uh, part of it's just to kind of get yourself out there, gets files, gets people to listen to the podcast and all that, but uh, it was something I, I really enjoyed, and I'll probably do more of it in the future. I know I've talked about it before on here, but uh, well, tonight I took the step and uh, did it. A stupid hot weekend here in Wisconsin. Oh my God, today was like literally like, it must be like what hell feels like. Um, it was it was so hot. Uh, I was fortunate enough. Uh, we spent the night or the uh, afternoon out on the lake, uh, jet skiing, floating in the lake, uh, sitting there. My wife got me some kind of Italian sandwich, and she's gonna laugh that I'm still talking about this sandwich. Uh, some like footlong sandwich from Walmart. I don't. It was like Capricol. Uh, pepperoni, Italian sausage, provolone cheese, I put a little bit of marinara on it, it was like an Italian herb bread, it was literally the best sandwich I've ever had in my freaking life, I'm telling you, I'm not a big lunch meat guy, but this sandwich was like, mmm, but yeah, it was, oh man, it was awesome to just be out there on the lake and just relax, uh, I don't do, I mean, I don't do a whole lot, but like sometimes I don't think, you know, in she and I talked about it, and I actually talked her into Pizza Hut since we were close to one um, where the lake is. And um, do enough just chilling out, relaxing. It always seems to be like this summer's been kind of go, 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 you know, making that money, doing this, um, you know, one project to the next. But uh, tonight, tonight was real, this afternoon was really nice. Um, it was great. I mean, you know, and then you think about it, and you're like, damn, it's already like, you know, it's almost the middle of August already, and you're like, where, where does it go, you know, and I think I talk about that all the time, but, um, anyways, a huge response to, uh, last week's episode, the interview with, uh, Sheriff Candidate Craig Konofsky and, uh, Under Sheriff Candidate Dan Derrick, uh, that episode, uh, took off way more than, uh, I initially expected, um, you know, for something that was a little outside of the box for me, uh, clearly something I'll look at, you know, maybe doing more of uh, with on-site interviews and uh, talking to people. I know we talk about it all the time, but actually getting out and doing it is a whole other thing. Uh, important thing is to, uh, those of you locally who listen is to be sure and go out uh, Tuesday, August 9th and vote Craig Konofsky for Sheriff of Walworth County. Craig's an awesome guy. Um I was very, like I said, I was very fortunate to have him on the podcast. Hope is after he wins, he'll be uh, on again, and we'll talk about uh, everything he's going to do and, you know, has done probably by that time as sheriff. Like I said, Tuesday, August 9th, go out and vote. If you're going to vote for the other guy, you have to go on Wednesday. Um, it's crazy that we are about a week away from beginning year three of the Neil World Order podcast, which was something that initially was just uh, an idea on a piece of post-it paper at work, you know, and um, something I thought nobody's going to listen to, you know, it's just going to be me down here rambling on and on into the void of the internet and 
there won't be any response. There won't be any audience. Um, you know, and and it was nerve wracking at first. You know, I, I remember the first couple episodes sitting here and being jittery before I hit record. There's nobody down here but me and my thoughts and my bar and my action figures and my tools and my whiskey. And it was like, oh, oh, I don't know, you know, and I'd like to think I'm a lot better than those first couple episodes, maybe even the first season. I'm sure I still have my moments where it's a fucking train wreck, but that may be the beauty of it. This is like my third glass of whiskey by now, so there's no telling where this episode's going to go. But, um, you know, it all started with needing an outlet, um, you know, to, I, I always wanted my own radio show. Whether it was, you know, I said like the panel show or just something where I could play, you know, talk about music, talk about life, just throw my wild ideas, inappropriate humor, um, bizarre takes on whatever out there. And, you know, and I think the third reason was it was kind of a way to deal with all the things in my head and probably to save my wife a lot of that conversation and maybe um, having to hear the madness that sometimes is Neil. Um, you know, if, if I look at the global effect that uh, doing this has had on me, I would honestly say, believe it or not, it's it's been good for my mental health. Um, you know, over the past two years, I've kind of talked a little about my mental health or mental health in general, but uh, I don't think I've ever approached it with maybe the full transparency, you know, that I try to give everything else. Um, you know, part of it is, one, that's just who I am, you know, and what I deal with. Uh, it's just kind of my instinct through the years to kind of internalize, suppress my feelings, uh, especially any of those of, like, grief or uncertainty or whatever, you know, and it would eventually kind of manifest itself into some sort of anger or frustration, like a nervousness, uh, you know, your typical anxiety. And I've spent a lot of time the past year doing therapy once a week. Um, I'll be 100% honest, it, it's been refreshing. Uh, I, I feel like it's been very rewarding. It's been work. It's been challenging. Um, you know, years ago, I, I sought out therapy, trying to get my head right. Um, it, it just felt like the things I was dealing with were having an effect on pretty much just about every aspect of my life. And it, it ultimately needed to be addressed, I think, uh, you know, through some conversations with my wife and just when my problems became their problems, you know, it's not, it's not good. So I was seeing a therapist on and off. And, and I would continue this for a couple of years. And then, of course, you know, life kind of happens or we get too busy. Um, I think I was better or I just didn't feel like I was making any progress or maybe any kind of connection with the therapist, like where I felt comfortable, where I felt like this is a good fit. And, uh, you know, if you've dealt with this stuff, you, you understand what that means. Uh, you know, in a lot of ways, that's how depression, anxiety works. You know, it's not a constant feeling. Um, you know, maybe for some people it is. Uh, it kind of has its ebbs and flows like a roller coaster. You can have long periods of wellness and, you know, also, you know, long periods of just being unwell. 
And I think one of the things I learned early on in therapy and just doing the work was that, you know, depression wasn't always about sadness. Because honestly, I'm typically not a sad person. Uh, hardly ever. Even at times, maybe even when a situation would kind of call for sadness, I was always kind of indifferent. Um, you know, the anxiety, which I'll be, if I'm being honest, I think is a word that gets tossed around way too easily by people. Um, you know, for those of you who struggle with this, you know, I think oftentimes we see people on social media acting like they have anxiety, you know, and you know, this, they talk about this and they talk about, you know, and maybe they do, but I look at it sometimes and I think it's a little bit of sensationalism and it's not really what the root of anxiety is. It's more or less, they're just having a bad day, but, um, you know, it's not something you use for attention. Um, there's a difference between bringing awareness and just creating nonsense. In my opinion, that's just me. Um, but if I were being honest and being, um, you know, like I said, transparent, describing my mental health struggles, it, it kind of comes in like this three-headed monster or like the, the three phases. Um, the first one, like I said, you know, is part of depression, it is sadness, which is, it's completely manageable. Um, and I usually don't find myself in this feeling for too long or uh, too deep or it doesn't take me too far away from where I want to be. You know, I, I have developed personal tools and have a great support system to deal with it. Um, I, I would say of, of the three faces, it has the least effect on me. And it's usually something that I can remedy fairly quickly. Uh, you know, sometimes I just listen to some music. I count my blessings. It, you know, it sounds cliche and cheesy, you know, and it's, you know, and I think a lot of time it's self-actualization and understanding. Sometimes it just is what it is, you know, and saying, you know, it's never as bad as you think it is. It's never as good as you think it is. Um, the second face is, is being aloof. Um, maybe like uh, unattached, uh, you know, unpresent, disassociative. And it's, like I said, it's, it's this feeling that I'm not present, even when not physically I am. Um, it's the wandering off of my mind or disconnecting from things around me. Um, you know, sometimes I used to think it was like some kind of early onset dementia. And I think that scared me just with the history of that in my family. Um, and I thought, oh, this is, it's just, you know, I'm crazy. I'm losing my mind. Like people, the men in my family generally do. And, um, you know, it, it makes me a terrible listener. Uh, sometimes it makes me withdrawn, not intentionally. Um, often makes me kind of want to be alone and not engage with people, which kind of, you know, you would think, okay, if that's what it's, what it triggers, that would be, would not be part of the remedy. But, um, you know, and, and it's a strange feeling because it's, it's not like isolation or solitude as a whole, you know, it's more like this mental isolation, if I were to put it into words, um, you know, cause in this phase, I could be surrounded by people and still be alone. I could be at a concert and feel not there, feel 
somewhere else, you know, not be aware of my surroundings. It's not like the kind of thing where, like, you walk into traffic, it's like sleepwalking or insomnia or anything of that. I, I think you're just not, you're not absorbing everything around you. You're just kind of, you're physically there, you know, you're just there and that's it. You know, and of the faces and phases that I go, it, it's probably the hardest to articulate into words, you know, because honestly, unless you've felt it, you almost cannot understand it. So I'm, I'm sure if any of you have had this feeling, you get what I'm saying. You're nodding your head. You're like, yeah. Other people are like, what, what the fuck are you talking about, man? Um, you know, and that one is sometimes it's hard to pull yourself out of, um, I used to really struggle with it, uh, trying to snap out of it. Um, and the worst part about this one is this one really tends to affect the people around you, you know, cause it's like, like I said, you're not present. You come off distant, maybe even disinterested, um, you know, cold, um, you know, and all those things you're not trying to be, it's just, it, it's just a symptom of, of the effect it has, you know, of your emotions at that time. You know, and at times I would try and figure out what took me there or why it happens uh, in the, you know, why it even happens in the first place. And, you know, when I was trying to fix this on my own and I realized it was just something I couldn't do. Um, to some extent, it, it can be stress or fear driven. Uh, like if I have a bad day, maybe sometimes I don't want to talk about it. Or if I'm, I'm really stressed about something, I've made a mistake. Um. You know, and I think a lot of that comes from uh, having this fear of, of failure, uh, of feeling inadequate at times. Um, you know, and a lot of this stuff is environmental that just developed with you through your formative years. Um, and, and, you know, it's like I said, it's, it, we all have those moments where we just want to crawl into a hole. And, and that's kind of exactly what I would be doing, but it's just mentally. Um I just go somewhere in the hopes of avoiding it, you know, and that whenever stress, fear, anger, set, whatever something was overwhelming me, I would just disconnect from everything as a whole, you know, and it's like, it's an unhealthy way of unplugging instead of managing and coping with, you know, the things that are there. Um, <clears throat> and like I said, unless you've really been through that, it, it, it's a very, very hard thing to uh, explain. The third phase or face uh, is anger. Um, this one is actually the hardest to manage or subdue um, and probably creates a lot of problems for me personally, for those closest to me. Um, it comes out of nowhere. You know, it's often unprovoked. Um, it happens over something so trivial that in the end it's probably laughable you know the unfortunate thing is it goes from zero to 60 in a matter of seconds um it makes me snippy short um it aggravates the shit out of me like when i when i feel that feeling come over me I, it gets worse i think for me at times because i'm frustrated that i'm angry when i know i have no reason to be but i can't shake it and so as I'm working so hard not to be angry, and then I'm failing at that, and it often just made me worse, you know. I think it's like trying to run across a patch of ice mentally. 
and it's almost silly. And obviously, you know, I'm sure there's something I'm grumpy about or that I've suppressed in there somewhere, you know, that's buried down deep below. And uh, which is ultimately where all that feeling comes from, right? But, um, you know, that that one has been, you know, this last bout of therapy when I started, I, it's, it's been forever I've been in it, um, was uh, the anger was becoming too much, you know, and it was becoming too much. I caught it, you know, and I felt um, a sense of accomplishment in that, that it wasn't my actions having an effect on other people. It was me n noticing this feeling and being like, I, I need help managing this. I don't understand you know, what this is, you know, and like I said, you know, part of the, you know, the tools and stuff, I, I lead a very blessed life, you know, I'm not going to sit here and complain and say, woe is me, this and that, like, you know, it's, my wires are the way they are, um, you know, I count my blessings every day, um, I wouldn't trade my life for anything and the experiences I've had, the people I have around me, the love I have and those I love, you know, but um, I think my biggest takeaway has been this past few years is learning to recognize these emotions or see where and why they're there in the first place. You know, and we always have that saying, I say it, you say it, someone says it to you, or, you know, worry about what you can control. And it sounds easy, you know, but enough. But I mean, sometimes it's not, you know, just like any other saying whatever i think i'm gonna burp uh, merry christmas um the biggest part honestly i think sometimes is acknowledging your feelings and i know some people are like oh you know to me that's really hard um this was something i've i've struggled with for years i i still would it's probably still a challenge for me it's not as big of a challenge um and I think part of it is, for years, I buried away a lot of the way I felt because I perceived the fear, anxiety, sadness, or whatever I was going through that made me feel inadequate. I looked at it as it was weakness. And if you share weakness with whoever, uh, it can be exploited. It's a way for people to tear you down. It's a way for people to make you feel not good enough or tell you this about yourself. And, that, you know, and you already have this, I don't know, I guess a struggle with your self-identity. Um you know, and it was just something that I felt I needed to bury away and hide from the world. So that's what I did, you know, and even people close to me. Um, and I think sometimes, you know, and I'm not trying to make light that women don't deal with things, but I think a lot of times as men, that, that's kind of how we're wired is to just say, hey, we're good. We're fine. Put on this front that everything is peachy keen. You know, we're strong. We got the world on our shoulders. Uh, you know, we don't have time to feel or whatever, you know, and then there's probably a generation of us that were raised that way, um, you know, and, and the unfortunate part is, you know, a lot of times there's a stigma with, with addressing your mental health, um, you know, it's, it's almost like you have this shame that comes with it, and, you know, I'm not sure why, but I wasn't immune to it, um, it was years before I really shared with anyone that I was in therapy or working towards bettering myself mentally. Five years ago, I, I wouldn't dare talk about this stuff on something like this. You know, it was hush-hush, secret, 
Um, it would make for awkward conversation if somebody saw me somewhere, you know, and they're like, oh, what are you, you know, it was, you know, and it, and it's, it's crazy because like if I was bleeding and I went to go get stitches or to get medical attention for that, like I wouldn't be ashamed of it. You know, that's what you do. And I think we honestly need to, to look at our mental health the same way. And, and I, you know, I feel like it's come more to the forefront in recent years with, with society, but it's still something I think that's undervalued or, you know, not given the attention it deserves, you know, and it's not easy to talk about. I mean, I have a script right now, you know, like my little teleprompter script that I always use. And it's, I, I, I'm having trouble is maybe as fluid as this seems. It, it, this is hard for me. Um, you know, I could bitch and moan or, give you my opinions on this that or the other all day like nothing but you know when it's really talking about me and how I feel you know who you know I, I, I get choked up you know I, I become at a loss for words you catch it right there you know and I've always had trouble sharing um, you know and I think for years a lot of what I presented or pretended to be when I was young it was fake you know it was um, it was just the face I put on to fit in to be or get where I thought I needed to be, uh, to hang with the right people, to date the right girl, to be in the right clubs or have the right friends, um, you know, create these relationships, um, you know, and if I'm sitting here being 100% fucking honest with you, there's only probably two people in this world that really know me. That's Kai and Scott. Um, They've seen everything, literally. I'm sure some of it uh, Scott wishes he hadn't seen or uh, maybe he enjoyed it. Um, which reminds me, uh, Scott and I's episode had a, over 100 downloads this week. So I don't know if some of the uh, new listeners uh, reached out and thought, hey, we're gonna, we need two and a half hours of Neil and Scott. So Scott and I are probably going to have to do that again soon. But... Um, staying on track um, you know lack of trust kind of made me disconnected from people and it wasn't kind of distrust in the form you know and I think this was my misunderstanding of having trust issues um, it wasn't like paranoia like I wasn't thinking people were lying to me or you know I had to worry about what people said like oh that's not true you know it was it was kind of just this distrust that prevented me from thinking people were um I, that I could feel safe with people, with my feelings, with who I was, you know, so I always pretended out of this fear of rejection or not being seen in a way that maybe I thought I wanted to be seen or that, you know, I had to be seen or, hey, this is what's cool or this is what's right. This is how you're supposed to be. This is what people expect, you know, whether it was your family, your school, society, whatever, you know, um, and I mean, it sounds crazy, no pun intended, when I say it out loud. But but like that's that's really how it was, you know. Um, it was just like, and I feel like now I'm more me than I've ever been. Uh, I'm comfortable with the bad parts of me and the good parts of me. Um, I think I forgive myself more for the bad parts of me than I have in the past. I think I've been really, I've always been my toughest, you know, maybe besides my wife, 
uh, my own toughest critic. Um, I beat myself up a lot. I second guess myself, you know, on everything. Um, you know, I constantly tell myself, I think it's like a negative self image, which is crazy because a lot of people say, dude, you're, you're so arrogant. You're so boisterous, you know, but a lot of that, look at it. It's like a blowfish. You blow up to seem scary, but you're really not like, you know, I got my project down here in the basement. I'm petrified. I'm like, oh, I'm going to fuck this up. I'm too stupid to do this. There's no way I'm smart enough to do this and get it right. And blah, blah, blah. You know, and truth is, I'm probably perfectly capable of doing this. Will there be some challenges? Absolutely, because that's just how it rolls with Neil. But, like, you know, I I, I don't tackle this project with complete confidence. Um, you know, I, I seldom do many things. I mean, eating, I think I, I've got that down. Drinking whiskey, got that down. Inappropriate humor, I'm a master of it. Um, you know, ultimately, I'm a very guarded person. Um, I have layers of walls, and that's just me. And I think the biggest thing is uh, realizing that it was something I needed to address. You know, and and I have been working on it, like I said. And if I'm being real, I probably never will be an over-trusting person. You know, I think environmental factors have seen to that. But I'll be better at letting people in and at least being myself and not just some version that I've created of myself you know and we're all a work in progress I think that's one of the things uh, I say in therapy all the time and it takes work you know it, it's actual work it's not just going through the emotion the the emotions it's it's being involved and being present in your therapy you know and it's beyond the when you leave the couch and what you do at home and what you do in your life and taking the right steps, you know, and admitting that you have a prop that there's issues in the first place, um, you know, and, and you ease into what works for you, you know, and like I said, we're all a work in progress and we all take it one day at a time. Um, but yeah, that's kind of my journey into my mental health adventure, uh, Kai thought it would be something cool to share with everyone. I was very reluctant. Um, I think I've kind of let you all behind the curtain on that. Um, but, yeah, you know, and anybody that struggles with anything or whatever, feel free to reach out with me. Uh, to me, uh, I'll listen. I'll give you the best advice I can give you. Like I said, I'm not a doctor. I'm not an expert. Uh, somebody who's been there, somebody who deals with it every day. Um, but, yeah, you know. Take care of yourselves. Make 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 your make yourself a priority. I think that was something I didn't do for a long time. That I thought, you know, the well-being of everyone else was more important. People count on me, you know, and not understanding that I can't fulfill my obligations to other people if I'm not taking care of me. You know, just like with your physical health, your mental health is very important. But that's that. So on to things we can rant about. Um, I don't know about you guys, but uh, I'm kind of sick of hearing about uh, WNBA player Brittany Griner and her troubles in Russia. Um, for those of you who don't know, uh, Brittany Griner was, I believe she was found with a vape pen with hash in it in a Russian airport. The substance, obviously illegal in Russia. She was arrested. Uh, she's since been tried and sentenced to nine years in pr prison. My thoughts on the whole situation, 
So fucking what? Um, you know, they're currently estimated to be just short of a hundred Americans in prisons overseas. I guarantee you don't know any of their names. You know, have you heard any of their stories? I'm going to say no. Exactly. So this is my problem. Um, the media is trying to make you, I don't know, to make some kind of martyr out of someone who essentially was working in another country, more than likely understood and knew their laws, broke them, and if she wasn't aware of their laws on controlled substances, ignorance, in my opinion, is always a terrible defense because it's ignorance. You know, but if you look at the story, Brittany Griner checks all the boxes. She's obviously a woman, I guess. Um, she's a lesbian. She's black. Um, she's like a liberal wet dream. Now, if she was only trying to get an abortion and school loans forgiven, she'd be like the ideal liberal human. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, Brittany Griner's a criminal, Period. She's not someone to feel sorry for, someone to try and honor, to portray as some sort of victim. I mean, what is she a victim of? Her own stupidity? And before you start debating the laws in Russia, it, it, it doesn't matter what we think is not a severe crime. It's their country. They make their rules. We don't want people interfering in our justice system, so we should stay out of theirs. That's my take on it. I think the uh, White House should have the same take. This is literally the textbook case of playing stupid games, winning stupid prizes. You know, it's not like she had insulin or an EpiPen. She had hash, to which she says she uses for anxiety or whatever, which goes back to my thing of people sensationalizing things that they aren't really dealing with, just, you know, whatever. You know what else helps me relax? Whiskey. It helps settle the machine in my head. Um, but that doesn't mean I can drink it at work. I mean, it might be amazing if I could. Although back in the day at the Village Inn restaurant, Scott and I used to get shitty at work. We'd get a bottle of Jack Daniels, put it in the ice, and we'd start drinking. He could handle his a little better than mine. I've always been a quick drinker. So I would, like, drink really fast. The next thing you know, I'd get shitty, and he'd be like, dude, you need to go sit down and... I got this the rest of the night because Scott was a champ. He was always looking out for me. Sometimes it always seemed like I was looking out for him, but it was it was a two-way street. I fucking love that guy. The irony of this whole uh, Brittany Griner situation is that she literally spent her last few seasons in the WNBA protesting our national anthem and speaking unfavorably of the nation that she is now begging for to help her. So, in my most compassionate, empathetic voice, I say, fuck Brittany Griner. Leave her there. And the crazy, Biden even offered to trade the Russians arms dealer Victor Bout, or Bout, however it's pronounced, who's AKA the Merchant of Death, who's been incarcerated since 2012 in a United States federal penitentiary. This guy is an arms dealer who's responsible for deaths all over the world. And we're going to trade him for a gay black basketball player that couldn't obey simple laws. Brittany Griner does not deserve our sympathy, our empathy, 
And frankly, this literally shouldn't even be a story. But we have to distract everyone from the realities around us, right? You know, I mean, what about the terrible flooding in Kentucky? There's been a... I'm not seeing that on the news. What There's people missing. It's still raining there. Um, if you're a charitable person, I urge you to look for ways to donate and help those people in Kentucky that have seen... Insane amount of rain in the low-lying areas and ridiculous flooding. It's all over social media. Um, you know, people have died. It's a lot of people who, you know, unfortunately are on the wrong line of uh, socioeconomic status. Um, but that doesn't mean they also deserve to lose everything and be in a position where, you know, their lives are going to be a challenge and a struggle going forward. So, you know, stuff like that doesn't get talked about. But every five minutes, I get an update on Brittany Griner. You know, and amazingly, we, she must have a photographer that keeps taking pictures of her in her cell in Russia because they're all over every news channel, social media. Uh, you know, and it's all just a distraction. Like, the distraction, you know, they're going to tell you that COVID is still super dangerous. Think about this. Joe Biden is weak, feeble, and barely alive as he is has survived COVID twice. I, I got to say, people, at this point, it, it, it's it's not a worry. You know, which I think most of us knew it never was. Um, but, you know, if we're being real, we're on to monkeypox now anyways, which I don't know if you know this really only affects gay people, but we can't tell you that because shh, we don't want to say that out loud or else people won't be afraid of it when they try to use it around the midterm elections. You know, it, and this is from the same people that brag about gas going uh, down 50 cents a gallon as if it still isn't $2 higher than it was two years ago. Um, it's the danger of liberals, my friends. Um, they live in a pretend world of idiocy, and ultimately there's no hope for them. And we've said that over and over again. But, um, yeah, what what are you going to do? Um Maybe pour yourself a nice glass of whiskey. Uh, if your weather's favorable, sit outside, turn on a little James Taylor. Uh, this week's episode was sponsored by one of my very favorite songs in existence, and that's Fire and Rain by uh, James Taylor. I think it uh, is an excellent tale of what we go through in life. Um, James Taylor's, I think, a very underappreciated uh, musician. I was honestly introduced to James Taylor in college. I had a friend, and she loved James Taylor's music. Uh, you know, I was kind of like, what? Who? Uh, you know, you have Sweet Baby Jane, Fire and Rain, Carolina on My Mind, um, Shower Me, what is it, Kama Kama, uh, not The Chameleon. Um, so many songs. Um, I apologize, I didn't script out the James Taylor portion of this. I feel like I've been falling real short on the music end of the podcast. But um, James Taylor is a brilliant songwriter, uh, amazing soft voice, uh, just, it, it's good music, you know, sometimes, depending on your mood, it's drinking music, uh, it's chill out music, maybe it's sit and read a book music, uh, take a nap music. I had a period in college where, you know, if I took a nap midday, I was either listening to James Taylor or Sting, I'm not even lying, and people are like, Sting, and I'm like, yeah, you know, and that's crazy, I don't think I've said thought about Sting's music in years, maybe 20 years now since I said that, um, 
But yeah, so that's this week's episode. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, remember, Tuesday, August 9th, go out and vote for uh, Craig Konopsky, Sheriff of Walworth County. If you're from out of town, maybe mail in some votes. That's cool. It's allowed now. No, I'm just kidding. Um, anyways, check out, um, follow us on social media, check out the merch shop, buy yourself some stuff, uh, help make me a millionaire, um, all that good stuff. All right. Thanks for listening. See you guys next week. Peace.